Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. It's our joy to be able to come to you and just share what God is doing in people's lives in the area of missions. And that introduction lets you know that some of them are real close by and some of them may be all the way on the other side of the world. But God's at work, and I I just want to let you know God's at work in your life as a follower of Christ, and he's going to let you see the possibility of what he could do in your life. And we pray that Exploring Missions would be a part of that, that it would just elevate your thoughts concerning what God wants you to do and be. This is Bert Harper, along with my co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, today we have a guest, and We're going to talk a little bit about his journey and what God has for him. And it reminds me of an Old Testament prophet, Amos. Now, Amos is one of those books. I had one pastor whose his wife said, when my husband starts preaching for Amos, I know we're about to be leaving and going to another church. Uh, Amos is kind of (laughs) powerful, but there's something neat about the book of Amos. He says, I, I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit. I was a farmer. I was a herdsman. I had no idea that God would take me from my fields and put me in a prophetic office. God does some amazing things in people's lives when he transitions them, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he sure does. It, it's also interesting to note that nothing was bad about what Amos was already doing. You know, it was a good vocation to farm, to be a herdsman. They're very, very. I'm I'm thinking very, very few jobs that are not, you know, good in and of themselves. Uh, you know, God created us to to work and to be fruitful in a lot of ways that we could do that and, and they're good ways. But even in a good thing, God might have something a little different for you. And uh it can sometimes take us by surprise when God is calling us from one place to another or out of one thing into another, or maybe just adding something to our vocation, to our calling. And that's what we want to look at today. We want you to be open to that. Uh, let me just be up, frank and front, uh, honest about this. When I was thinking about one of the programs we would do, I wanted to do this, and I came acquainted with an individual who works here at AFA that God is uniquely prepared him and called him to expand what he was doing. And uh, so it's my honor to introduce to you Dr. Robert Youngblood. Robert, welcome. Thank you all. Thank you very much. And it'll be Robert from now on. Is that, that okay? That is perfect. It's neat around here. Everybody wants to know, what, what do I need to call you? And I said, well, God calls me Bert. I don't know what he <laughs> But anyway, if that's good enough for God, that should be good enough for everyone. So let me share with you, you're a chiropractor. And I am. You have a chiropractic service ministry. And uh, that goes on, but you're also a writer for The Stand and the AFA Journal. And you have possibly, if you get the AFA Journal, you have read some of his articles. 
And if you don't get the journal, you should. And uh, you can go to the uh, journal, AFA Journal, I think. and AFAJournal.org. And to see the blogs that appear on the stand, that's AFA.net. And they alternate between two and three blogs a day, Monday through Friday. Well, Nathan, you know me well enough. If anybody can write, I admire them because that's the thing that when I was pastoring, and uh, they had a, we had a weekly newsletter. I was so proud when it went to monthly that I only had to write one article <laughs> a month rather than every week. And uh, writing is is my wife's area, and uh, you're you've you've contributed to the journal as well. I admire writers, I really do. And uh, I there's a short shortage between my brain and my fingers when it comes to writing. But I, I do want you to share a little bit about your journey, Robert, where God has had you, brought you from, what you were doing, and how you got here. And we want people to hear this because this is so important that just because of a practice that you have, a job that you have, doesn't mean that God might not open some more doors. Okay. Well, back in uh, after high school, from 87 to 90, I was at the University of Southern Miss or Mississippi, and I was an emphasis in photojournalism, journalism with emphasis in photojournalism. And uh, one of the professors there recruited me and got me into public relations in the military. I served in the U.S. Army Reserves for six years while carrying on with my civilian life. And um, I had an instance where I was working for a paper in uh, not far from here, and on my first day... As a photojournalist, I was driving with the main gentleman, and we pulled up one block off of Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. And there was a group of policemen. This was back in 1990, early 91. And there were a group of policemen trying to calm a woman down, and she had a gun on her boyfriend, and she shot him dead. Nobody else was injured or killed. And that just dramatically affected me in many ways. And I was like, I, I felt like I felt like a vulture as opposed to someone who was helping. And I saw the reaction of the seasoned photojournalist. And I said, that's not the person I want to become. And God began to get me looking in other ways. And I, up until that point, I never believed I was good at science. But once I found where God was directing me towards, which at that time, from that point forward, was chiropractic, I got very good at science. <laughs> I had to work. <laughs> I got better, and I did all the wonderful things that I uh, had to do, and I went through a lot of training. Uh, first, the bachelor's, uh, finished up a bachelor's with all the extra science requirements, and then it's a three-and-a-third-year program, which is a five-year program condensed to three-and-a-third. So lots of training, but I do get great joy still working with chiropractic because every day I get to see we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I get to encounter people and share, if they're interested, about God, people who would never set foot in a church, ever. And and it's not anything I push upon them, but I am open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and, it, and what happens, happens, I hope, always for His glory. Nathan, have you found out there's two titles that... If you have those titles in front of your name, people tend to listen. One of them is doctor. The other one is coach. Though yeah. they, they have, would you say they kind of have a platform just because of their position? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And even in other cultures, it's just interesting to note there are other positions or titles that 
that are conferred upon people that give you the uh, the right or the authority to speak into people's lives. And uh, it's really interesting to uh, to be in one of those positions. And for me, there's been times where I've kind of wanted to push that away and not accept that responsibility, uh, that weight, if you will. But then if you realize, and I've had to come to realize, well, this isn't of me anyway. This is God giving giving this opportunity, and it is an opportunity for the gospel. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty cool to see doctors, uh, coaches, and there's you could probably name a few other titles that um, people just kind of want to hear what you have to say, no matter what it is. So, Robert, when those people come into your office even today, they're usually in pain, right? I mean, I don't know of any other reason that they would go to chiropractic care. Is that right? That's the primary thing. They come in for pain. Some choose to, uh, once they're out of pain, they like to stay healthy because they know they feel better with regular care. I let people do as they please. I make recommendations, but my life got so much easier when it's like, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is what I would recommend for my family. If you do it, that's great. If you don't, that's great. I'm here to help when you're ready. <laughs> well, I want to ask you, does the scriptures, with, with, with your connection with the spine and all the joints and the nerves and everything that a chiropractor has to deal with and know, does the scriptures we're fearfully and wonderfully made really, does that, it comes alive to me just by looking at as a layman at our body. But for someone who is, had the privilege, and I use that word, privilege of academically studying that and looking at that, does that re- fearfully and wonderfully made? that? That's not an overstatement, is it? It is not at all. There are so many amazing things about the body that science is still trying to figure out. And to this day, I talked to a gentleman who has lectured across the world at some of the the most prestigious colleges and medical colleges. And the best man can do is copy or clone. Man cannot create. There was, um, and I wish I could remember the name, but there are a lot of cancer centers named after this gentleman. And he decided he was going to take on a simple problem of connecting actin, myosin, and sarcomeres. They are, that makes up the framework of skeletal muscle. And he said, okay, I'll have this solved in no time. This is a Nobel Prize, uh, Nobel Prize winner. And after 30 or 40 years, he and his team gave up three pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, and he failed. That's fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> Nathan, when, when, when you see that and you know that, it, it just it really lets us know our God is a creator, but he is not just the creator, he's the redeemer. And as a chiropractor, you're able to do what God's creation. But as you said, you're open to the Holy Spirit to bring the redemption story in. So I know that's occurred. And so how long have you been practicing? Since 1996. Well, I say practicing. You're not practicing, you're doing it. You know, That's <laughs> the joke You know about doctors. Yeah, they're practicing. But anyway, okay, I, I want to make this transition. I know yes. you're ministering there, but then some opportunities came up, just like you got out of the journalism, photojournalism. You also transitioned, and had you start started looking at writing and looking at writing as a possibility that God could use you in such a way? Well, I always I like to think that I'm always open to going where God leads, okay? And 
I had encountered a situation from chiropractic where m- my body has deteriorated. I have a situation with my abdominal muscles, which at any given day could be my last day of chiropractic practice. And that created a lot of fear in me, but I was in prayer about it, and I just keep plugging along. And then an opportunity came up to interview for a position here at AFA. And um, I spoke with my wife. We prayed about it, and we're like, well, we don't see how to work out because I really couldn't give one up for the other. And somehow it worked out when I was talking to the vice president and senior vice president, Ed and Buddy, uh, Ed Vitagliano and Buddy Smith, worked out some details where it's like, okay, this can work out. Let's give it a try and see what happens. And I never thought I'd get back to writing and editing because they were looking for editor-writer, which I'm an assistant digital media editor, I think is the Long title. title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, it worked out really well. I had always been, I always continued to edit and write, but I never really planned for it to be like this. Well, uh, as you as you have done this, you've come on board and you've had articles in the journal and you do the stand. That's a daily, daily deal, you know, with editing the stand and, and, and such things as that. How does it work, like you said, as, in your care, chiropractic care, you're open for God to bring up the opportunity to share the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell me about in writing, you start from that with that in place of looking for the opportunity to look, do so. That's part of your job to share truth. That's correct. And is that a mission for you? Is that, you know, when I ask this question, I'm trying to focus it right on. Usually people who are writers, they've got a purpose, and they're trying to not necessarily persuade but inform and sometimes persuade. Have you? Is, is, what's, how's that working in your, uh, with your writing? Well, God has put on my heart a huge amount of curiosity. I am a lifelong learner, whatever I'm doing. And so I get one of the things I love about working here at AFA, like uh, I can come to you and I'll ask a question related to theology or I'll ask my senior editor, Dr. Ray Rooney, I'll ask a question there. And so I'm always growing. And a writer who is curious is always willing to share that. And sometimes it persuades, sometimes it doesn't. But we just hope the Holy Spirit will use what he will use to work in people's lives. And um, I have, I want to share this little thing that I I read a long time ago. And and see, you talked about how people hold a prominence for doctors and coaches. But the reality is, is anyone who is committed to God and who is putting their work forth as a best effort, whatever your hand shall find to do, do it hardly as unto the Lord, which is either Colossians 3.17 or 23, they are they are doing God's will. It may not be a something that seems to glorify, but this quote really brings out this. But first, let me start with something more important. The Bible in Psalm ninety seventeen says, "Let the favor of our of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us." Yes, establish the work of our hands. And the quote that came to mind, I'd read a few years back, is uh, the person who works with his hands is a laborer. The person who works with his hands and his mind is a craftsman. The person who works with his hands, his mind, and his heart is an artist. And God, the creator, loves to see how we create something with the work we're giving, 
even if it seems repetitive, because trust me, a lot of the things that I do seem repetitive. <laughs> it, they may seem, sometimes they may seem glamorous to someone outside, but really, it, every work is a grind, <laughs> but it is one that we can use to glorify God. And when people see us enjoying our work, particularly if it's the kind of work that people don't tend to enjoy, that just makes his light shine that much brighter. Yeah. Nathan, when I heard him share that, I could not help but think of Ephesians 8, 9, and 10, especially 10. We are his workmanship created unto good works. That workmanship is where his canvas that he paints and when he talked about the artist. God's doing that in, in our lives. And when I was talking to Robert, and, and that's one reason I wanted to, to bring this out. Here he moves from uh, what he wanted to be in college to something else, and now God's added this to this. How old do you have to be before that's not a possibility, Nathan? <laughs> I mean, there's there's only one way to to check out of that one. <clears throat> you know, I guess too old when you're, you know, six feet under maybe is the only only way out. It is. The reason um, I ask that is because, I, I, you know, you were a staff member uh, here at the church, and, and through circumstances you, you go to the mission field, five years, refugees, working with them. Now you're working for a ministry and working at a church, and you do exploring uh, missions with me here. And, and is it a it is a is it a continual lifetime of transitions kind of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what life really is. And if those transitions are God directed, where we are, you know, obeying what He's showing us. And let's be honest, I don't know anybody that God has told their whole life story out in front of them and and laid it all out and said, when you're this old, you're going to do this, and when you get to this point, then you're going to do this. It's, it's one step at a time for everybody. And that's what makes it tough. And that's what requires faith and trusting in the Lord. And obedience comes into that as well. But yeah, at any point, God might speak to any of us and, and show us another step. It might be a different direction than what we kind of pictured our life, you know, going in. But it's going to be two things for sure. And I know this is cliche. But they're absolutely true. I believe it with all my heart. If we're obedient to God and Him showing us whatever that transition is, that next step is, if we're obedient to Him, it's going to be for His glory. And it's also going to be for our good. Mm -hmm. And whether we can feel it, experience it immediately or not, it will be. It'll be for our good. It'll be for His glory. You know, when we look for good, most of the time we, we translate it comfort. Have you noticed that? For my yeah, good yeah. is my comfort, and that's not the way God operates. And uh, God operates on a whole different level. Do you remember a few years ago we interviewed a couple who was uh, he was a pastor here in the states, and he got to retirement age where he could draw his retirement social security, and they went to a foreign country to serve, and they said, you know, our our overhead is a lot less. Our health is good, and they transitioned from pastoring here to missionaries into a country that was, uh, I would say, difficult, you know. So mm -hmm. God, God, how, how, you know, the question I ask, how old do you have to be before God doesn't want you to try something new? I, I don't think that happens. One more example of that, had a man in a church where I pastored, 
and he had always taught Sunday school. He would he had been a firefighter, and his health began to deteriorate, and some of his mental fact- faculties wasn't as quick. Now, it wasn't anything bad, but just wasn't as quick as he was, and he said, I had to give up teaching, but he transitioned into a prayer warrior at the Sunday school class he was in. He was the mm-hmm. one that he would get every name of the prayer request and try to get their address and send them a prayer grail. So you've got to be ready. And that I bring this back to you, Robert. When people, I'm not talking about dissatisfied with their job. That's not where you're at uh, with chiropractic care. You're not there. But yet, you saw something that could happen, and you go to your wife, and you talk to her, and you pray about it, and another door opens up. I want you to speak to some people out there that in missions area, it, it may be here, or it may be something else, uh, maybe like that pastor calling him to a mission foreign field. Speak to that and give encouragement people to be open for such a transition. Well, when you talk about people at various points in their lives and being open to that transition, also in our life, we have uh, applied and have had for a while and currently do not. They're back with the parents. We've become foster parents. Yes. And I wanted you to get on that. And I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> and I've been, we, every, every morning when I'm in... Usually, we're, we're, we're asking, Robert says, pray for us, we're doing this. <laughs> Amen. And right now, as it stands, we're just, we're waiting for the next placement and see how we help. We're not wanting to adopt. We're in our early, early 50s. We are, we've never had children. We didn't get married until we were in our early 40s, and neither of us had been married before. So no children, never had children. It took less than 24 hours for me to have a much greater appreciation for my parents. <laughs> Those children. Not that the children was anything. It was just you just learn so much. And uh, when we obey God, we, we don't always know what result's going to come of it. I mean, we don't. I mean, let's like right now, we sit in a studio, but when— Brother Don Wildman obeyed God to start this ministry years ago. He he wouldn't have known that at this time we have this studio going. About 20 minutes ago, Dr. Uh, or Pastor Parker was working on his radio program. Today's issues is being recorded somewhere else. You know, there's and there's articles being written, people being interviewed. There's so much that's going on. He did not know what he knew and what we have to focus on is, Lord, what is it you have put on my heart? Take that step and then let God develop it from there. Because we will overwhelm ourselves to the point of inactivity and procrastination if we think we can figure out the fullness of what is to come. One step at a time? Every day. Every day. (laughs) Nathan, you know, when you talk about this, it's the direction you're going. I I use this quite often, and I'll use it again. The Apostle Paul on his second missionary journey, uh, it didn't look like he prayed which town to go to next. He got he got a map out if they had maps in those days. He said, okay, I'm here. The next closest city that we need to go to is here. But when he got to a place where God had him to go in a different direction, it says the Spirit hindered him. The Spirit caused him to look, and then after those two times of being turned down, of going further north, that night he had the Macedonia call. So I'm asking this for a principle. What do you think? When a time comes in your life when God stops you from maybe where you are, he usually gives direction. He'll stop and then give direction. That seems to be a pattern 
you know, you, something will stop you. A health issue may be it. Uh, as, as Robert said, uh, abdominal issues. Will, this, will I be able to continue to do this? There's something seems to stop you. And then you say, okay, God, we're from here. That was Paul's pattern, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I really think that a biblical principle in regards to uh, like personal callings, uh, vocation is that word, is, is the sense that when you're called by God to do something for a task, um, no matter what that task is, and like Robert said, we don't even see the end result of all that. We just know the next step. And so when we're called to a task, there usually, most of the time, there is also a call to give up something. And, you know, it might not be totally everything, but it could be. Everything's kind of on the table and available to God. And so when we're called to something, we're called away from something else. And a lot of times that new calling, that new task, a lot of times has a direct proportion to what, what it is we're walking away from. And so I think there, that's, a, that's a big fear for a lot of people. Because, you know, we want, you said, you mentioned earlier about comfort. You know, we're, we're comfortable with what we're familiar with. And so to go into something new makes us uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, God has great things planned ahead for those that are moving forward, those that are forgetting what's behind and straining for what's in front of them. Amen. Amen. Robert? I want you to, anything you need to say, you work it in here. We hadn't got a lot of time, but do you recommend being open to God to new adventures in the area of serving Him in missions or anywhere? I, of course I do. I mean, I. That was I, a kind <laughs> of a setup. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, when we look at our lives and, and we look at our lives as serving God, then we we have to ask, okay, is that service, am I where I'm supposed to be? And when we are, then we continue forward. And if God begins to prompt us with that Holy Spirit like you were talking about, if he prompts us with the Holy Spirit, then we, we get into prayer and we continue moving what we have been doing, if, if told to do so, until we get clear direction. Let me step back to the fostering for a minute. My wife asked me to pray about being a foster parent, and that... I didn't get the clear direction that she got in prayer, but in the clarity of my marriage to her and my love to her and my love for God, I knew that I could not say no. Even though it <laughs> might not be comfortable. Even right. Oh, it may not, but thank God. <laughs> I mean, thank God I have. I have, I have, God has used that. I've seen it. I have seen more blessings in a, a 29 or 30 minute show could hold for sure. And it is such a wonderful thing. And I've grown in gratitude to my own parents. I've grown in gratitude to other parents. I have grown in patience to all the things that are involved around parenting. And um, I, I, it just boggles the mind. There are people who giving who give parental advice who have never been parents. <laughs> well, brother, here's, here's what we've come up with. Be open to God. You know, he... Uh, it's awesome to say God's got something new for you. Nathan, in the area of missions, you just better be open. Never know what is around the corner. That's exactly right. I mean, it could be uh, something you haven't even gotten on your radar yet, or it could be something that God brings back around 
from when you were younger. And uh, God wants to bring it to fruition in your life. Amen. Robert, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Nathan, thank you. Thank you. And we want you to be open to whatever God has for you as your own mission for Him. 